This is a HeadGum Original. In 1977, NASA sent two solid gold records into space so that aliens might find them and understand life on Earth. I send greetings on behalf of the people of our planet and friendly wishes to all who may encounter this voyager. Now, we're making new records with our friends. We step out of our solar system into the universe seeking only peace and friendship. We know full well that our planet and all its inhabitants are but a small part of this immense universe that surrounds us. Hello from the children of planet Earth. What's up, you freako? Hey, Caleb, where are you in the world? Oh, uh, thank you so much for asking. I am in Los Angeles, California. Um, I moved here to pursue my dreams. What about you, girl? Wait, me too. Oh my God, really? You live in LA? Yeah, I moved here like last June. What uh, neighborhood are you in? Boyle Heights. Huh. What's up? I'm in Beverly Hills. No, you're not. You live with me. Interesting. Um, well, what, how is your life? What's going on with you? <laughs> well, as you know, I've been displaced. Yeah, we've both been displaced from our shared home. <laughs> yeah, but specifically my room <laughs> is sort of the danger zone. Our um, keep, Keeping records heads, we want to <laughs> let you know something. And we know you guys are avid fans of the home. You love to hear updates on our home. Our landlord, um, by, all, by all, it seems that he bought this house uh, to have us pay the mortgage on. And yes, then never exactly. got it inspected, didn't talk to anyone, and just had us move in a day later. And so we've had inspections from the city and him. Sort of and consistently. His, oh, yeah. Well, once or twice uh, every couple of weeks. So that's been really fun. And we've enjoyed that because we love him. We love his handyman. And we love the city inspector. And he will, he will email or text us and say, hey, you guys need to be home at uh, 9 a.m. on Tuesday to let somebody in. And we say, no, wait a minute. We don't work for you, sir. In fact, we pay your bills. <laughs> and you don't get to tell us what to do. He'll say, I'm going to need to park in your driveway, so the parking spot you pay for will need to be vacant. And we're like, what's up? I can't believe up? it. <laughs> uh, the audacity. No. <laughs> no, baby, that's not going to happen. Anyway, I guess the city came by the other day and let... Our landlord wasn't there, but he let his right-hand man, his henchman, mm -hmm. know that they were going to have to knock down a wall in my bedroom mm -hmm. to build a door to uh, where we normally used to record the podcast. So we have people staying there <laughs> and now they're yeah. displaced and, and we, and I can't, I, <laughs> I usually stay in my room and I can't stay there. And there's just a guy, really angry Italian man who just keeps walking through the house at the crack of dawn. He gets in about 7 a.m. And he is And that's like, the time that the work has to start, by the way. <laughs> you can't you can't be building doors at 9 or even 10 a.m. It does have to start at sort of 7 a.m. Yeah, and he does need you to rearrange your cars at that hour as well. So it's been sort of a journey. Woke up this morning to the loudest banging on my wall I've ever heard. <laughs> you know what I have to respect, though, about the construction is he also... they We were told by our landlord that we needed to vacate our driveway. We have a neighborhood that uh, does not have good street parking um we need to vacate our driveway because his truck needs to be pulled up to the house he came to the house today folks ask me what he got out of the truck one toolbox <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he did not need to be pulled up at all he it kept saying no sense. he kept saying all the things he's going to need in that truck he'll scratch your cars he's going to break down your windows pulled we out were one like toolbox. what's up <laughs> size of a lunch pail looks like look like those little lunch pails the guys uh sitting on the steel beam in the sky have from that famous picture smallest thing you've ever seen maybe one wrench in there and now he has our driveway yeah and he wears a tank top only. and he has braces Adult and braces. he's not, um, I don't find him attractive. So at the end of the he day. He does have a good body. Can we agree on that? What did you say? He has a good body. You guys, I am so excited <laughs> for our guest today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I absolutely cannot wait to change the subject. Uh, our guest today is the co-creator of the live show, We Still Like You. He's the author of the new book, I'm Not a Wolf, which was just named one of Vulture's best comedy books of 2021. Guys, put your paws and fins and hands together for our dear friend, Dan, Dan Sheehan. Sheehan. Hello. Hey. Dan, hey. hi. I 
am also going through terrible landlord stuff, so I feel for you guys. Thank you. You're the landlord in your story, though, correct? I, I am a landlord <laughs> yeah. of a hundred beautiful properties uh, that I've never visited. I'm told they're great. Gorgeous tenants. Each like babies beautiful. to me. Everyone yeah. is a little child. Each one a different son I've never met. Um, it's. <laughs> I think my landlord didn't know what landlords were before he bought the property. I think he just thought that it was like somebody who was really stoked to give you money in exchange for having a house. Um, yeah. And so every time I call him about something, he acts like like I have just ruined his day, if not his week. He's he's just like, listen, man, like I like the flushing knob of our toilet broke, which is what I would call like a like a critical problem. Needs to be fixed. Yeah, it's because you got to be able to flush the toilet. And so I called him. I, I sent him a text. He didn't answer. So I texted him again and he calls me up. And he's like, I'm, I wasn't ignoring your text, man. Uh, I just get hundreds of calls a day. <laughs> that, <laughs> did he sound stressed out? That's so he funny. Immediate, off the bat, immediately stressed out. Like, it seemed like it was just like he was so upset by <sighs> the entire, just the, the fact that I was calling it all. And I was like, well, I have one toilet and this is the problem with it. <laughs> I love it's so, that. It's so funny to imagine him buying the building and being like, Man, being a landlord, no responsibility, just vibes. <laughs> yeah. And then you're call and then you and everyone else are calling about something every day. Yeah. Cuz it's an old building. So there's always stuff. Something I like about our landlord is that um one absolutely thinks Caleb and I are married and two mm-hmm. um or at least <laughs> casually, casually fucking mm-hmm. and casually enough to sign a lease together. And two refuses to put me on emails will only email Caleb the man of the house it really is something isn't it and he Caleb will CC will add me on the response be like adding Shelby and then he will respond again without me on the email like he'll take me off (laughs) he really only wants to talk to me which is crazy because you're actually more responsive than I am yeah well then he will talk to me only if what he's asking for is so unreasonable that he thinks a woman won't step to him <laughs> which is something I find iconic I was sending Caleb screenshots of the conversation the other day and was like well I'm mad and he was like he's not really sending me this yeah 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 he talks when our landlord damn when our landlord talks to me he'll be like he'll be like yeah, we might have to swing through and do something. I'll let you know. And then he talks to Shelby and he's like, you need to be at the house at 8 a.m. We are deconstructing the roof. <laughs> it is, you're going to have to pay for it. Like he talks to Shelby so different. And I will say, I hate to say this about a man because I feel like men are so under attack right now societally. It's giving a little bit of sexism. Yeah, it's giving a tiny bit of sexism. Some slightly sexist vibes are in the air. It's minute sexism and we don't like to see it. Caleb, answer right now on the pod live. Yeah. Do you think that if he knew we were both queer, he would have rented us the apartment? Uh, I think he has to know that I'm queer. Really? Not before he signed the lease? He thought we were dating. Did he? Yeah. I thought that was just the energy he was giving us. Did he come out and say it? I think so. And today said your boyfriend did something, something, something. Damn. That sucks for me. <laughs> Dan, we, the three of us have, um, well, maybe a lot in common, but at least one big thing, which is that you moved from Chicago to LA. You were a Chicago comedy guy. I was. Yeah. It's uh, I believe, um, you lived at bittersweet at one point, didn't you? I, I believe I lived in the same apartment that you did just after you, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you and Caleb Doyle, um, yes. it was, yeah. A bunch of, uh, old like Missouri pals. Um, yes. Yeah, we like we lived in the same apartment for a little bit. So yeah, I, I lived in Chicago for like five years before I moved to LA, and then I was like born and raised uh, like just outside the city. How did how did you feel about um, the Chicago to LA move, and, and how are you liking LA? I like LA a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, there the, the weather factor. I feel like for every Midwest person is like the big one where you're just mm. like, oh, it's great. I can go outside. Like, especially as I, I tend to run warm. So like the fact that December is now my favorite time of year is just great where it's like, oh, it's like, you know, 70s and like breezy. It's yeah. nice. Like summer's yeah. my new winter where I'm like, all right, I've got to hide indoors for, you know, <laughs> August, September and October. And then I reveal myself in the fall. Um, I really like it, though. <laughs> reveal. <laughs> Reveal yeah, myself. Reveal. I expose yeah. myself to unsuspecting uh, like strangers. A ca- like, a, like a caterpillar from his cocoon become a butterfly. I expose myself on the streets <laughs> of LA. It's it's November. It's time to expose myself once again. Like, <laughs> uh, I like it a lot, though. It's like it's very different than Chicago. Like, I think one of the things I miss the most is just like how 
concentrated Chicago feels. Like I feel like I saw my friends all the time and yeah. out here I, you know, I have friends in the Valley. I have, I live in Los Feliz. I have friends like, you know, out on the West side and it's like certain Oh my God, lives just... in Los Feliz, brag. Brag. <laughs> <laughs> we moved in on, uh, on March 17th of 2020. So we did not really get to experience the neighborhood, uh, as much as Jesus. one would hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn. Uh, but it was, not, I don't know. I went for lots of weird little walks in the neighborhood. So I was glad, I guess for that. Um, but yeah, so it's like, I, I, I miss like feeling like I could just like bike over to a friend's place or something like that relatively easily. Part, part of the reason I was excited to move to LA was that I knew I would buy a car again and be driving, but I kind of miss the train and the bus. There's something very communal about, you know, even though now it is uh, a life or death situation, there's just something very, um, communal about being squeezed into buses and trains with strangers. A little tiny tube. Yeah. A little tiny tube. Being in the tube, but also like knowing that it's going to get you to where you want to go. Like I, I do, I, I liked that pretty much anywhere you wanted to go in Chicago, there was a bus or train or combo that could get you there in about 30 to 40 minutes. Like, yeah. And out here, obviously it's like, it's a way bigger sprawl. So it makes sense that that's not like an option with every single pair of destinations. Um, but yeah, having, having a car sometimes is a bummer just because driving can be a lot. Everyone's very aggressive out here, and I have not inherited that uh, aspect of Los Angeles yet. I don't have, like, the the evil in me that you need to drive in these highways where you're just, like... like you just slam in front of somebody, like, with yeah. an inch of space and be like, that's for me. No more turn signal. Like, I got to get over three lanes. I forgot about my exit. Just, like, all that. I, I'm, I was a big walking around guy in Chicago, and I am here as well. And here I've noticed that, like... Uh, when I walk around, I really have to keep my, my head up when I'm crossing the street because like some people just don't expect to see a guy walking. Yeah. <laughs> well, also that's a big joke that people from New York make, uh, that they will move to LA and be like, Oh, it's only a 15 minute walk. And then they end up walking on like the one Oh one. Yeah. But yeah, why you can't walk, if something's a 20 minute walk here, it's almost certainly like the 20 minutes is countering in it's factoring in like a highway drive. They're like, you swim in the ocean. North. You swim, swim. <laughs> okay, walk to Santa Monica. It's from a little Highland triathlon, Park. babe. <laughs> Do a little try. I yesterday was in the car with our friend Gabby, who's staying with us, and I also frequently am in the car with Lindsay. And they both, if they are switching lanes, they will not turn on their turn signal until they think there is space for them to go. Whereas oh, for me, wrong, you wrong. turn it on so that, so people, that people make, make space, space for you. Yes, yeah, it's, yes. the, it's the make space alarm. Like, and yeah. both of them <laughs> yeah, will that's go... That's the make space alarm. Both of them will sort of, under their breath or to me, go, is anyone going to let me in? And it's like, well, they don't know you want to. You have to put the one thing... There is one thing that you are able to do that says, I want to get there. That's where I'm going. Yeah. And if you want them to help you, you have to ask. It blows my mind Shelby saw me very successfully I was taking Shelby to the airport a couple weeks ago and this this car next to us I had tried my turn signal was on and I had like gotten ahead of them so they could see my turn signal trying to get over they cut me off they won't let me get over while me get over, over, over I fall back with my window down and get like eye to eye with the car that keeps doing this to me keeps not letting me over and I just made a really sad face and said can I and I pointed and I said can I get over and and this person who would not look at me before and was being so mean to me happened to accidentally catch my eye and was like, yeah, go ahead. And then they let me over and it was a real win for humanity. I felt. Yeah. I was going to say you forced them to confront your humanity for like a brief moment. I was like, I'm a person. Let me over. God damn it. That was when Caleb accidentally took me to the arrivals instead of the departures, but ultimately was doing a nice thing. So we couldn't get mad. Sure. It was, that was also, that was also the, um, taking a friend to LA trip. Uh, the last one I'll ever do because I, uh, I can't do it anymore. It, it, we, sat in traffic for so long it took me an hour to get home i am i'm no longer picking people up or dropping people off at lax and me i'm offering point blank people are like hey i'm flying here i'm like word need a ride (laughs) the airport drive is scary now and i'm not sure if it's just that i like didn't do it for a while uh or if i have just become weaker or what but it it (laughs) is terrifying it is because yeah it's like a full you're either stuck in traffic or everyone is just like because, you know, in the airport, like, everyone's kind of, like, the most aggressive version of themselves. It's like that kind of carries over to driving in and around the airport. <laughs> yeah. It's just so many, like, almost accidents with people. And I just, yeah, it is it is too much. For me, the airport arrivals and departures both are the most romantic place on Earth. <laughs> you know, that's true. And, I've heard that. And I, even with a friend, I want that brief 
moment of intimacy. <laughs> it's like there's planes are I'm not afraid of flying, but planes are scary. Like I, there's nothing every time anyone gets on a plane, it's like you want to say safe flight because you don't know you're flying through the air. Who the fuck knows what's yeah. happening? There's something nice about being able to be like, hey, I got you here to the first hey. stop. Hey, and I want to see you on the other side. Hey, speaking of flying through the air, Dan, I actually came up with a really specific and important question for you. Weird Ooh. transition. Um, <laughs> no, About this is a good flight. transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering if we were going to make Golden Records new ones today, what would oh. you put on yours? You know, this is actually the first time I'm thinking about this, but if yeah. I... <laughs> never heard this, never saw this coming out of nowhere. Oh, wish I had been prepared. <laughs> if I if I had to, like, just off the cuff say five things, I don't know, I'll pick the number five. Um, if I had to off the cuff say five things I would put on a golden record, I think the first one would probably be it- Italian food. Ooh, mm-hmm. mamma mia. Uh, I'm a, I'm a mummy. What if I? What if the rest of the episode I only talked in like a little bad Italian accent? Would we love or hate that? I would love it. I think it's always fun to do. It's a give. It's a giving golden record. Shall we? <laughs> it's a giving a lot of record. It's a very spicy record. It's a I, very I can't even spicy do it. record. <laughs> do Italian? I you know I've been really I've really thought it was fun lately. The um. Uh, like Jabuki and a couple of other uh, internet people trying to like <laughs> like diversify the Italian X. <laughs> Have you guys seen this? Like people trying I mean, to make Italians people. a protected class. It's the great thing is is that there are people who like actually think it is like there yes. like you know there's the old Sopranos bit of like this is anti-Italian discrimination or whatever. Yes, uh, right. And yeah, seeing like Jabuki's bit of like just Italianizing the spelling of his name and stuff. <laughs> With the Giabucci. It's so funny. It's so funny. I don't know what it is about Italian culture. And I, I, I'm Italian, so it's like, I feel like there's some like tacit disappointment of my ancestors in, in saying this is hilarious. But I think it's so funny that like there's so many yeah. people who are like, no, I am not white. I am a proud Italian. I am like. That's so insane. I don't what understand it. What effect did Jersey Shore have on the Italian community, do you think? Any? Strong? Weak? None in in so far as I saw, but like I was in suburban <laughs> Chicago. I think like if you lived out in New Jersey, I think it was like life ruining. Um, yeah, life ruining. Oh my god, I, what what Italians were you talking to out there? I just feel like my well, my mom always used to talk about how when The Godfather came out, like random dudes in her neighborhood started dressing nice um, because they thought <laughs> Italian guys wore suits. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it's so funny for that movie to come out guys to start dressing nice and for the women in the neighborhood to be like this can't this can't happen this yeah. is horrible yeah, we this, wanted this but not like this like, not like the any other way not like this please, this please, can't be the reason but. you start wearing a nice shirt like because marlon brando like yelled at you <laughs> <laughs> guys it's i don't know why the entry to that is so funny to me but uh, you saying that it probably ruined lives, and then giving the 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 evidence that they dress they dress nice they dress nice <laughs> they dress nice they had to buy a suit it was a bloodbath <laughs> there was carnage it was a bloodbath they were showering they it were was putting a gel in their hair that's so funny wait Dan what is your favorite um, if you had to pick and the good news is you don't you can send all Italian food to the aliens but what is your favorite Italian dish um, I would say my favorite Italian dish is probably rigatoni bolognese. Um, rigatoni bolognese. Yeah, it's right. You just you want to use the the Italian rigatoni bolognese. Like you want to bolognese. That. It's just too fun. <laughs> what is that? Bolognese is like a red sauce, meat right? Sauce. It's like a meat sauce. Yeah. There's like a so it's one of the Italian things I've learned to cook over the years. There's this Mar- Marcella Hazan has a bolognese recipe that takes like three hours um, more if he got the time. Uh, that's just like a really good meat sauce that simmers like all afternoon long and it just Ooh. it's so good um just one of my favorite foods that or or gnocchi i'm a big gnocchi fan just a little potato yeah. dumplings you put that in like a good yeah. pesto sauce or something like that what is the i i i put um uh, the trader joe's uh cauliflower, cauliflower gnocchi i believe it's trader giacomo's when you're trader giacomo's <laughs> no i thought it was giotti right or giotti, giotti. Yeah. trader giotti trader giotti 
I put that stuff in a pesto basil sauce once, and that to me is probably the height of Italian cuisine. I don't know that anyone. I would say that it is. What's the best Italian appetizer? Oh yeah, calamari. Does that count? Yeah, I would say that counts. Um, Italian app. I mean, honestly, like just like a good caprese salad, just like tomatoes Mm. with some slices of mozzarella on top, like a good balsamic vinegar and olive oil, like. That mm-hmm. is, or like an R and Cini. What's that? That's rice balls, fried rice balls. Did I make that up? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the. I feel like the like the antipasto platters. There, like the big one, just like a good like meats, cheeses, olives. I love meats, cheeses, and olives. Italians did food in the way that I don't need any new things made with Italian food. Like huh. people keep. I want it to be exactly. I want the way it's the way it's always been. I, I would agree. I feel like if I if someone was like, there's a new incredible like restaurant that's open near you and they're doing these insane things with Italian cuisine, I would be like, no, thanks. Uh, I'm just going to go to like another weird hole in the wall that has a good vat of sauce. Right? Like there's nothing that I'm interested in that's like... Italian fusion. Italian fusion. Like, I'm like, no, they, they hit it. They did, they did it all right off the bat and we don't need to fuck with it you don't fuck with perfection that is so true you're you're so right that like it really is with italian food just the base like sauce meatballs uh, noodles like it really is the old stuff but you know what cuisine i think white people are getting way too comfortable uh giving the fusion treatment japanese thai thai asian food oh yeah white people are getting too comfortable being like this is thai fusion and it's like you can't just say that like you can't (laughs) you can't do whatever you want to this cuisine I'll eat it. It's good. But I'm a little hesitant about it. Well, there's also the the molecular gastronomy movement where people are like, I made a little peanut butter and jelly, but it's all in this little bubble. It's like, I really (laughs) super don't need that to happen with Italian food. There's there's something about like, even like sometimes Japanese food, like having like something be a foam. I'm like, oh, a lot of this is of the sea. Like I I can get on board. I don't want it. I'd prefer just to have like fucking tofu teriyaki and call it a day. But like... There is argument to be made that that like is in the same realm of sushi, which is like a, a hyper modern type food. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like with Italian food, the idea that someone would be like, so this is spaghetti. But instead of noodles, what I've done is there's a crumble. <laughs> and then <laughs> above that, there's a shattered glass sauce. That's going to taste like shards in your mouth, but it'll also have the flavor of like, fuck that. I want the oldest oldest italian ever to live yeah like in this single bean is the flavor of an entire chicken parmesan it's like just yeah you're like what are you doing i want the chicken parmesan don't want a single bean i'm hungry it's dinner time that's why you eat italian food is because you want to get sleepy full if you if you guys had to have a this is a question for uh dan and shelby you're both allowed to answer you're both allowed to have fun with it do not be scared to be a little out there a little crazy um Those those crazy last meals when people are on death row and they they ask for like you know like the, there are people who ask for like one olive with a fork and knife like the people who do the crazy shit yeah um, what would your guys's like psychotic and off putting last meal request be so not my whole meal just like what's yeah the it's one not, request it's that's like, like weird there, there are two types I think there in my head there are two types of last meal approaches when you um, when you think about like your last meal. The first is all your favorite things, like the actual meal you would want. Yeah. And the second is, I'm going to say something fucking crazy, so I go out with a story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, also, don't they have to don't they have to honor that? And so some people will put like the craziest thing because they won't be able to find it immediately, and like it extends a little bit. I've heard that one time. I do want to believe that, but that also seems like an insane... It would be insane if they were like, oh, we couldn't find the truffle you asked for. I guess we can't execute you. (laughs) That doesn't sound like our government, but I guess in some ways also it does. Yeah, I was going to say, in a lot of ways it doesn't because it's like a little bit of humanity, but like the the nonsensicalness of it all. Yeah, the like arbitrary adherence (laughs) to like uh, Robert's rules of order kind of vibe is, yeah, that's there. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, no, he wanted this and we have to make that happen. I think if my goal was like to upset the people watching me eat this meal. (laughs) And it is. I think I would call back to an old childhood snack of mine that anytime I have told anyone about this, uh, they've gotten very upset. I used to just eat pretzels and milk. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
the the discomfort that just rolled over my body. No, in a I wave. know. I understand. It's you were a, dipping. No, I wasn't. Di- it was just the idea. The two of them to me as a boy <laughs> tasted good. As a young boy, the pairing. Okay, the having them as a pairing isn't as troubling to me as the idea of like almost a, a pretzel cereal or <laughs> oh, yeah. um, or like an Oreo pretzel replacement. Yeah, no, it was just like the idea was you would just like it, the, the, the milk somehow accentuated the flavor of the pretzels. And for whatever reason, when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, like I, I was a huge fan of them. And I feel like seeing a man about to die choose that would just... I th- I don't think I I think I would live on in the memory of those people for like a very long time. I think you something pretty would. haunting to order on on death row is like a celebratory sheet cake. <laughs> 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 to be like I want a congrats cake, a, a cake that says good job or a something. A photo cake, but it's just a photo of one person who's watching it happen chosen at random. Yes, yes, the witness. Yeah. I want I want a sheet cake with a photo of the witness. Um Wait, what was it? Oh, well, okay. So mine. I think if I if I wanted to if I wanted to upset if my aim was to upset the way that Dan has described it, um, I think I would request a a single shred of shredded cheese. Ooh, I think that would be one of the most disturbing things to see someone eat as their last meal. Just one little curled up shred of cheese on a plate. Thick cut or thin cut? Like the stringy oh, Mexican cheese? I think or it's, like a thick cut cheddar? I think it's more disturbing to see the thick cut because then you can actually, like if it's thin, you won't really be able to see it. I want people to see me going, taking like a bunch of little bites of the smallest piece of so cheese. So you're not going to like cut it up a little bit? No, I would take a bunch of little bites the way that you kind of used to chew a gumstick in real small bites maybe if you were, uh, and then and then when I finished it, I would go, I would go, Oh God, I'm so full. <laughs> and then I would be remembered forever that way. Do you think if you were to request ice for your last meal, you're like, I want ice. And you just let it melt every time they'd have to bring you a new one. Cause it wouldn't be ice anymore. It would be water. And then mm. you could stay alive. Shelby, you have some really interesting <laughs> conceptions of what this rule is and means. I don't think if you, you, it, you think you're going to be able to like, you view the you view the last meal on death row as a sort of uh, Rumpelstiltskin's <laughs> riddle situation. <laughs> Everything is if you look at it right. That is that is a fascinating point of view. Uh, Shelby, <laughs> what would your what would your scary last meal be? I told you it's a sheet cake with uh, w- the photo of the witness on it. I don't think I heard you say that. Did you say that in this episode? Yes, <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been researching. I must have really been researching. <laughs> yeah, minutes ago I said I want a sheet, a congratulatory sheet cake with like a lot of like confetti and whatever, and it has one of those photos on it, and it's just the person who's scheduled to watch my execution. Wow. You know what? I think that actually is a perfect time for us to take a break for ads. <laughs> Wait, and I'm really excited for our ads this week. Here we go. Ooh, welcome, welcome, Bark. Bark. Dan, <laughs> would you like to bark for us? Oh, <laughs> is that good? There we go. Yeah. Thank you. That was really that was really enthusiastic and sound. And thank you were you. a really good sport about it, and we have to thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. No we problem. gotta stop asking people to do that. Our listeners love it, though. <laughs> it's it's the only messages we we get hundreds of messages a day that say, "Always make the guests bark, please, please, please," and then they sign it. Wolf, wolf. Who let the dogs out? It's weird. We have a weird fan base, <laughs> but Dan, we love them. We love it. We love you, girls. Dan, God. Dan, 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 Noodles. Dan, Dan. I was about to say that. Were you? Do people call you Dan, Dan, Noodles ever? Uh, yeah, it's more frequent than any other thing people call me. I would. It's. <laughs> yeah. And it hurts my feelings, so don't do it again. Yeah, especially in LA because it's kind of a, a food that we'd be eating here a lot. Um, we have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you could delete one thing from the record of humanity, and before you say anything too serious, doesn't have to be war or famine or homophobia. Yeah, please don't make it homophobia. We want that on the record. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If you could delete anything from the record, what would you delete? Um, I wrote this down before we even talked about it, but honestly, landlords. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, not like I'm fine. Like I'll pay my rent, whatever, but just the weird guy of it all. It's gotta go. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't want the aliens to go. I don't want the aliens to know about it. I don't want them to know that there's like a weird guy that I had to text for everything all the time. Um, I don't <laughs> want there to be any like record of just like uh, of being like, hey man, like uh, I need a working fridge, and you know, getting a text back that's like cool is like two weeks from now, okay? Or like, yeah, you know, I don't want land <laughs> landlord memes. I those like they have their own Facebook groups where they post memes about how people should tip them and stuff. That's just landlord culture in general. Oh, have you guys not seen this? No, no I believe I've it. seen some Facebook groups where they like. Especially at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot of like landlord Facebook group. Here are the legal ways you can force your like, tenants out yeah. if they don't. Yeah. Pay. yeah, that kind of stuff. So in the last like handful of years, landlords have like found Facebook um, and they love it. It's uh, it's their favorite thing is to make little groups and share like landlord based memes. Um, and so there will just be memes of like that face when your tenant wants to like not be cold or something. And it's just like. <laughs> That's it's so just Dan, you should write a piece on this. You should write a piece on this and pitch it somewhere. That's that's fascinating. It boggles my mind. It, it makes me so mad because they have no understanding of like what their like purpose is, and like they literally just think that like tenants are a thing that gets in the way of like your hustle income or whatever. And they're just yeah, constantly your, your acting grind like residuals. Yeah, they're acting like landlords are like this aggrieved class of people where it's like people just like don't know what we do for them. My tenants don't understand that like when something breaks in their house and they need like a weird guy to come by and make it worse. Like I call that weird guy and he is my cousin. <laughs> like it's <laughs> and he does not do the job right. And I do not pay him well either. Our landlord's weird guy seems to hate our landlord. And for that, I do actually. Yeah, um, he does. He does talk a little bit of shit, which we which makes me feel better. I think Dan, you might change your tune on landlords if I become one in the next couple years, um, because I think I would really elevate the profession, and it's a job, by the way. And, <laughs> <laughs> and and I think maybe you would. I think I could win you over because you know having an income property as a side hustle can actually, in many ways, could be uh, leftist. Yeah. If we if we worked at it. I think it's it's possibly one of like the boldest things you can do right now is to buy a property and rent it out. Um, I think <laughs> yeah. I think it takes both courage of like mind, body and spirit. I think it's it's just like it, landlords do more than we know. And so I th- I do I do believe you could win me over if you were uh if you became a landlord. And I wouldn't if my if my mortgage payment on my income property was, you know, I wouldn't charge Two, three, four hundred percent markup. I would charge seventy five hundred percent markup. You know, I would make yeah. only a little bit more than my mortgage because I'm not a psycho. You need some like fun money though. Like it's you know, as a property owner, like the stress of that like can't really be quantified with dollars. Right. And daddy needs alligator boots. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm always Yuck. saying. Daddy needs alligator. <laughs> <laughs> yuck. Just a, just a, just a, a, a solemn, stern yuck from Shelby. I, I was thinking. <laughs> about um what the landlord like you know how we've attributed like the weakest uh the weakest statements of like like trans people exist or like black lives matter matter or like like you are here that it like what it would be for landlords when they finally do their uprising which i'm sure is coming the landlord uprising is coming you think yeah. Well, they're going to call oh, cool. a bunch of their cousins to go do the uprising and like they'll do it really bad. But by the You're second right. or third uprising, they're really going to have it close to how it was before the uprising started. I think that's the prequel to The Strangers. <laughs> yeah. Those are all just the landlord's friends. Yeah. Just wearing weird masks, just being like, "Hey, yeah. Greg, they said you got to fuck with these people." And then and then and then they were like when they said like when they ask why, just say you were, you say you were home. they weren't home we just had to go in fuck the uh, strangers is the scariest movie it's a very scary movie i've never seen it it's really fucking scary it really put me in a dark place it put me in a dark place it put me in a dark place for it to be invoked here invoked here wow it is the scariest movie ever shelby shelby you would shelby won't let dan shelby won't let me watch scary movies if she's in the house Mm. um that's not true you watch them a lot with me in the house i just don't want to sit with you and watch it it's kind of like an out of sight out of mind thing i don't like being scared (laughs) i don't like being residually scared i don't mind being scared during the movie that's fine i can handle the jump scare whatever (laughs) okay it's that it sticks with me for months. The strangers would sleep. not. You would never. You would never get over it. 
The- exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to have to get. I don't want to have to like. Right now, I have seen enough scary movies to have a hard time doing certain things in my day to day because I think about them. Every time I get in the shower, I think about The Ring and the Grudge. That's two movies I have to think about right then. I think I have to think the about. little girl's going to come out of my drain and something's going to come in the back of my head while my hair's wet. Disgusting, terrifying. I have an easier time with the ones that like don't feel as grounded in reality, like ones where it's like a weird monster or a ghost. But when it's stuff like The Strangers where it's just like some weird people have entered your home for yeah. reasons that are unclear. It's like, oh, that's they had a cannon. blood lost. Yeah, it's like that canon does happen. Like that's It's not Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers is like, who gives a fuck? This freak isn't real. I would yeah. kill that motherfucker. Like, but real human beings with real guns coming to my real house to do real harm. Yeah. That's See any of Ooh. it as long as it's in if it's like well, no, I still don't like to watch them if they're in the woods because I like to camp. Mm. It's that I will never recover. There are certain things that I will then have to think about all the time. And we watched The Rental. Now, every time I go to an Airbnb, I think, God, it's just it's possible, huh? Yeah. And that sucks. I, I jump to my bed because in The Sixth Sense, there's a little girl under a bed. She's harmless. She doesn't do anything bad in the movie. She's completely fine, but she's there. And now I know that she's there. And now I can't I don't like thinking that she's under my bed. Mm. I mean, that's fair. I think it's completely fair. And it actually brings me to my next point, which is, Dan, what would you put on your records next? <laughs> um, I think the next thing I, I would put on my records is uh, the feeling of uh, being reminded that no one is angry at you. Damn. This really resonated. This, with this, hit, this, hit, this hit home for us, Dan. And I want you to know that in our household, we, we, um, we really felt this deep in our bones. It, it is, there's no bigger fear than thinking that someone's mad at you. And there's no bigger release than finding out that they're not. Yeah, just like that that anxious feeling of being like either you're like hungover or something and you're like, oh, did I say something stupid? Or you're like, you know, you said something awkward in a conversation and you're hung up on it, but like nobody else thought about it. And just getting like that somebody being like, oh, no, I didn't think about it at all. You're just like suddenly released from that like anxiety about people being upset with you. Just incredible feeling. Sex. That and when like. When someone, Caleb knows, I went through this like a week ago with our friend Molly where I thought they were mad at me because they just like weren't interacting enthusiastically with me. (laughs) Like I was texting them and they were like being slow to respond. Also like they were sort of in the middle of sort of the biggest moment of their life to date. So it made sense. But I was like, oh, they are furious with me. They're mad at me. And every text I sent, they didn't know I thought that. So they were being completely normal and sort of responding slowly and with sort of whatever. And then suddenly they like end a message with a period or something and you're just like, oh yeah. no, it's over. Like, so- And then I, I literally sent a voice memo and was like, I'm going to go ahead and need you to <laughs> spell it out for me, babe. <laughs> what did Are I you- do? <laughs> yeah. What have we, <laughs> when, and how can I right the wrong? I want to be good with you if that's cool. And they were like, I've couldn't be less mad at you. Can't imagine what I would be mad for. And it was the most relief I've felt in years. It's incredible. And then when you say what you think they were mad at out loud, it's usually like, oh, because I had talked and it just like all kind of like falls apart in front of you. And you're just like, oh, I'm free. It like it's turning to dust the more I think about it. It's just great. It's a top notch feeling. Mine, I landed on. We had made loose plans to at some point at no clarified date go to lunch and we never did. And mm. I was like. They're pissed. They never texted me to go. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't text them. And then we just sort of said it loosely. One of the one of the nice things about sending this feeling to aliens is uh, it, it showcases an important part of the human experience, which is people can be mad at you. Uh, you it would make you feel bad if 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 other uh, creatures were mad at you. It feels good to not have them upset with you. Like I think it's a nice thing for aliens to understand. Like you should behave in a way that. Like, if they understood this feeling as normal, then I think it would also normalize for them the concern that you've upset other people, which is, you know, in a healthy amount, a really good thing to have in the world. It's healthy to to worry that you've hurt people or upset people. There's a lot of different social dynamics in play with that feeling, and I feel like if you're an alien who's never learned anything about us before and you experience that, you're getting, like, a concentrated dose of of humanity uh just yeah. in, in that single second feeling of like yeah like you know like fear fear of anger so then you know what anger it's just yeah it's it's all all the all the good stuff and it just feels really nice to like be released from it 
And it's very human from it's very human uh, intrinsically, like fundamentally. There's you know there's that um, that like famous study they did with babies where like you know people would like smile at the baby and like talk to the baby and the baby would be really happy. And then if you not if you weren't even if you just started ignoring the baby, like not even being mean to the baby, if you just were like kind of blank face to it, it would just start it would start crying. Yeah. Because you, you, it thinks that, like it, it's a human thing to be like, why are you not giving me what you used to give me? What happened? What have I done? Why are your why are your texts not as emphatic as they used to be, or whatever? Your brain just starts to go haywire and is like, this this creature, this person, no longer. Um, I think the medical term is fucks with me. Yeah, and it's scary. <laughs> it's yeah. very scary. And to like to have a scary thing be you know rendered not real is just a great feeling in general. So good. And then my uh, my next one was a uh, was a song. <gasps> yeah, this one is a uh, so it's serious by the Alan Parsons Project, which might sound unfamiliar at first, but it's like it's the like sports song, and like it's so if if you were like a kid in the '90s when Michael Jordan was at the height of his game, this is the song the Bulls walk up to. It is like impossible to really imitate with your voice like but i'm gonna try um it's like it's like it's that song that like ramps up and then it the perfect moment just goes and it is it's the perfect the reason i wanted aliens to see it because like i could just include like one of my favorite songs and they'd be like cool one guy's favorite song we've learned a lot (laughs) we know dan and thank god we know dan and that's all we need to know um and so like to me this is like a song that is been perfectly paired with its use where it's like this is like this song was meant to be like a get everybody hyped up for the big event song uh there's like an old video of the intro of like a 90s bulls game like in the finals and they're all like it's this old like cg intro of a bull running through chicago and the announcer's like calling out the players names and everyone's just going nuts and it's like i'm not even that big of a basketball fan and sometimes i'll just watch it and be like Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> exactly. Derek Rose. This makes me want to accomplish something. Right? It's no matter what you do, if you play this song when you're winding up to do it, you're going to feel awesome. Yeah, that song makes me want to uh, fucking be really good at something. It makes me want to like be an athlete or... Um, I pretty much that's it. It makes me want to fight somebody or something. Yeah, it's that type of song. And I just think if aliens heard that, they might be really amped up to meet us. I think like if they played that like yeah. as they were entering the atmosphere, just being like, all right, like, I don't know if they're there to kill us. Like maybe then it's not the like it's not best to get them like really in the mood for no, whatever they're, they're about to do. But if they came to kill us, I assume they're capable of it and we'll do it anyway. So we may as well hype them up and let them get it done quick and efficient. Yeah. You know? and in in yeah. a way, it's, it's like it going out. out on our terms, too, to be like, yeah, you're going to kill us, but you're going to do it it's, to Michael Jordan's walk up song. <laughs> like, right. It's so funny. It's so funny to hype up your killer. Like some, <laughs> yeah. someone's someone's coming to kill you and you're like, oh, he's starting. He's fucking going oh, off. OK, stab me, bitch. He's Let's in go. the I zone, dude. Let's go. Slit my throat. I love to see it, King. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. Kill me, literally. Ed me, Ed me babe. Ed, Ed me. me. Spit in my mouth first. Um, <laughs> piss on me. 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 Piss me. Um, this is a bad podcast. I <laughs> with bad singers. Um, no, whoa. Hey, I had to say it because it makes the audience feel a little bit more uh, close to us when we say we're bad. We both know we're good. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No worries. Um, All right, Dan. We have to show you an image. That was what I was going to say. To be honest. Okay. Whoa. What's? L- let me get um, a look at this thing. So this is an image by Wayne Miller. Okay. Um, oh wow. Oh my god. I had seen the thumbnail when you Fuck. first sent it to me, but it is yeah. There is more to this than I had. Wow. I want to vomit. <laughs> wow. So this is birth. One of the items on the original records is an image titled "Birth" by Wayne Miller. The photo is of Wayne's son, David Baker Miller, being born was taken on September 19th, 1946. The baby is being held by one leg, upside down. 
the way you might handle a wild animal that's gotten into your house that you've captured and are taking back outside. He's being delivered by a doctor, and that doctor is the child's grandfather, Harold Wayne Miller. David was born on the 19th of September, which is the same day as Wayne. There are two hands in the image that are disembodied. We don't know whose they are. The doctor is delivering the baby, the mother's on the table, and, well, the father's taking the photo. So whose hands could those be? Sources say it's likely a nurse. The photo was originally showed in an exhibit in 1955 called Family of Man. Wayne was in the Navy, part of a five-man team that was assigned to capture photos of the Navy at war. The man who ran that team, Edward Steichen, was the same man who ran the Family of Man exhibition. Now, it's not nepotism, but it's adjacent. Most babies are born headfirst. However, about 4% are born feet or buttocks first, which is known as breech. The baby in the image is not crying. He looks dead. We know that he's not, but he looks, well, he looks dead. In 2015, there were about 135 million births globally. Aliens looking at this image might think we all have umbilical cords. I guess at some point we all did, but we cut those and get rid of them. And seeing what I see, it's for good reason. In the United States before the 1950s, the husband would not be in the room when children were born. It didn't matter if it was a home birth or a hospital birth, the husband would wait in another room. In 1522, a German physician was sentenced to death for sneaking into a delivery room dressed as a woman, which is technically drag, and we have to stand. So this is birth. Um, I can't. Oh my god! I really can't look at it. I really can't it's look like, at it anymore. It's making me sick. It's. I don't like that we all start out like that. Um, I think it should be different. Human life is yeah. not beautiful. No, it's <laughs> anybody who says so is a crackpot fool, weirdo. Yeah, that's disgusting. This baby is really skinny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for saying that. It's like really been through it. The umbilical cord is like really just like kind of twirly, twirly, and that's confusing to me. Everything about this baby is confusing. I like to I've me. never really taken a good look at the umbilical cord, and I like before this prided myself on that, and like now that I know. What the deal is, I feel different about my belly button. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like where it comes from. (laughs) This kid looks like they've been through hell. Like, it's just like, if that's like a welcome. The real question is, what is the, what is an alien receiving this thing? Like, what are they? Probably kinship. Probably like, oh yeah, we, I mean, I imagine aliens can't be far from looking like this in their adult form. Yeah. Just thin. You have such a bizarre idea of aliens. What the fuck do you think they look like? (laughs) Like, oh, that's we a businessman. No, we do not know. I think they I think they're slimy. I think they are really <laughs> skinny. I think they're tall. I think they probably have more uh fingers and toes than us. And I think they have big bulbous heads and I think they're probably green, blue or purple. Why? Because think about it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> I just that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I think they got big chest, little tiny rib cage. Yeah. I think they probably have uh, scales of some sort. Um, no. What do you say, Shelby? How many fingers are we thinking? I'm thinking low side. I was thinking thir- three. 30. Three was what I had. In, I okay. was thinking like like, like okay, two, two big ones and like a thumb is like kind of what I was thinking. Like a, Okay. Okay. I was you were, thinking a You were thinking more. 30 like each hand? I was thinking 15, maybe 15 on each. Okay. And then for toes, maybe, maybe 40, 40 or 50. Okay. For balance. I'm not prepared to speculate. Is that okay? Um, no, I, frankly, I don't think that it is. I, I think, that, <laughs> I think you need to be prepared to speculate. Yeah. Shelby, I mean, tell they're me coming. You're, yeah. They're coming. And what do you think they look like? I don't think they look anything like humans. I think comparing them to us is confusing because I don't think they will look anything humanoid mm. well ultimately but that's what 
the scientists say, and I'm just t- taking that as fact. I mean, they could be worms. I guess, like, it's worth addressing that, like, they could... Just be bacteria, which is the most likely outcome. Or, like, God, worms. if they're just bacteria, that's so boring. Bacteria and worms both bore me so much. If they come down here and they're bacteria or worms, I'm going to be pissed the hell off. Well, we wouldn't really know that they were here. We would just think it's, like, new Earth bacteria that we're finding, right? Mm. No, I think we would know. If they were worms, How? I think they'd say something. Studies? Yeah, if they were worms, they'd probably speak up. Well, isn't there, like, there's, like, a... Th- a- I, guess, I don't know if it's a conspiracy. I guess it is that people think octopus are the original aliens, that they're just like fully not of this world. If that's true, I feel like they really ended up in a bad spot for aliens. Like if you're aliens and you come across the galaxy and then all that just to like land in the ocean and like live for a couple of years and get eaten. Yeah. And like your big thing is that you squirt ink. Yeah. I think that's they really. The big not. thing is that they have? change colors. They I do think they, not. They banked way they too do. much on their superpowers doing stuff for them. And they change colors. Big time, babe. And textures. And they can slip through. You can get an octopus this down to the size of a quarter. It's prank Caleb on the podcast day. Very no, this is funny. true. I'm going to send you some videos. Very I'm gonna funny. I'm going to send you some videos. I'm going to send you some videos. You guys texted beforehand and said, let's, t- let's convince Caleb the octopus can be really small and sh- shapeshift. They can do a, they a, can. They can do a lot. <laughs> My mom and I watched the octopus, my octopus teacher or whatever, uh, when she was here. And I got to tell you, if you watch that, you'll see them kind of change colors. They regrow their arms. They gather up treasures. It is easier for a, I think I read this somewhere. I think it was the Atlantic. It is easier for. He's about to be sexist. No, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. I think that was, I read that. I've read that somewhere. I hate it. I have heard that, that, but I've heard octopi. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I, I just feel like an octopus would go to heaven probably no matter what, just given the fact that they can fit through any sized opening. Okay. Well, you can't keep them in hell. Yeah. That's They'll where stay. they came from. So. That's right. Yeah, they originated there. They already know how to get out, babe. So biblical hell is real, and that is where the octopus comes from, I think is. And Frankly, on that note, I feel like it's time to hear what's next on your records. Yeah, the, what's next on my records, I guess, is kind of tangentially related to the octopus, is photos of animals that have won contests. Wow. Uh, in the email, I put I put one in there. Um, there's there's a there's a real solid uh, cat that has just won a cat show. It is uh, to me this type of image is just one of the funniest because like why is there an animal contest to begin with? What does that say about it? I feel like if aliens knew where our like priorities lied, they would maybe understand more about us. If it's just like, okay, like cats are important to us and they have to look pretty. They have to look pretty. And if they are pretty enough, they win a prize. It really is insane that we have them compete. I, that we have animal that we do any of, I mean, you think about the amount of time I knew kids who did like, uh, for four H they did, they like trained their dogs to be like, you know, blue ribbon winning like dog show dogs. And there's yeah. so much time and money and effort. And it's like, for what? Excuse me. What is 4-H? 4-H is a rural organization. I mean, I guess it's not just rural. It's everywhere. But it's a, it's like, you know, you could do like a leather, uh, a leather making class. You could do, it's like, it's about like um, life and values and okay. big showing your dogs. county fairs. County fairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew about 4-H. I just had to let the listeners find out. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. No worries. Yeah. Um, and thank you for doing that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think... But it is it is fun, though, to see an animal... It, it, it's like they're tiny little fake kings. Like, they're on yeah. their little throne. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. And they have no idea. Yeah, they don't know. They, they don't, don't know, know they like, if ask. a trophy's cool. Like Right. But the one you sent us, the cat does seem to be really proud. Yeah. Like, really, truly so proud. It does seem like this cat is aware that its life has just changed. Yeah. Which I think would be cool to... It's just like a cool moment to witness as a human. I'd imagine as an alien, it would be <laughs> pretty moving. And it's just... it To me, it's like one of the most like quintessentially human things to just like spend all this time focusing on something that's just like a big nothing um to, to just be like huge nothing where it's just like yeah the cat's pretty and you spent years teaching it to like run back and forth and like presumably aliens are like arriving to like the burned out remains of our civilization and this is like what they're finding or whatever and they're just like oh so at some point before the end they had a little cat beauty pageant um which is 
Very funny and, to and, learn about posthumously. And also for them to learn that there are uh, there were human beings who didn't have food to eat and a place to live, and then there were show animals that ate like very expensive specific diets and had special houses and were yeah. treated like kings. Right. Like every right. show animal who eats better like- than an old king would. Yes, 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 yes. Insane. Ew. Have, I think that's cool. Have you guys ever seen those? Um, ooh, it makes me sick to even think about it. Like people who make, uh, like people who have like German shepherds and stuff and have like a very specific like raw diet that they make for them themselves. And they like, I guess sometimes you'll see it on TikTok or Instagram reels. I have to tell you the funniest thing. And people throw like raw chicken in a bowl and then they show their dog eating it. Yes. Go ahead, Shel. Yes. I had an old manager at my old job that did that for their dog and there was a girl who worked at my company for a little bit who was like just mean and and had a bad vibes and someone found her blog (laughs) and on the blog she had said like disclaimer i've changed name it was after she got fired and it was like disclaimer i've changed names in here from the original names but all she did was scramble everyone that worked at the company's name to be someone else and so I became my old manager who was making, it was like, Shelby is always telling you about this, like elaborate meals she makes for her dog. And I was like, I don't have a dog. Like, I don't have a dog. It's not me. <laughs> like I, it took, it's like one of those things where you read your name and you're like, okay, she's talking shit about me. And then you're like, well, that's not me. It can't be. I don't have a, like, I don't do any of the things she's accusing me of, but she used my name. She probably it. thought she'd invented an unbreakable code where it's just like, they'll never figure out. <laughs> Who's it'll who? it'll so it'll so so discontinued. I I one of the um, last day jobs that I had in Chicago, uh, it was a f- if I worked at a failing advertising company with great people who I loved. If any of you are listening, I I love you really. I miss you. Um, good people, bad company, not doing well. And one day, one of the people who worked there left a Glassdoor review as a current employee, shredding everyone at the office. And me and the people I was friends with in the office, when we saw this, I cannot tell you the day we had sneaking around whispering about who we thought it was, what all they said, trying to like analyze the the sentence structure, compare it to old emails from Bob. I mean, it was such a fun day. I can't even begin to explain it. <laughs> I love office drama. Getting to the bottom of like, oh, a piece of, yeah, like office drama or like workplace, <laughs> like gossip of any kind is just so fun. Just being like, wait, who did this? We need to figure it out. Like, like being like, okay, so where were they at this time? Like what, what's the IP address? Like, yeah, it's like, it's like everybody, yeah. everybody hates the human resources manager. She's bad at her job. Who writes sentences in this way? It's like trying to figure out, right. like, it's a, it's a mystery. Right. Well, yeah, we took it in and it was it was truly like playing detective with everyone being like like we were doing like anagrams being like, okay, so Shelby obviously doesn't isn't the dog person. Shelby doesn't have a dog. So who's Shelby in this story? Like (laughs) trying to like dance us around to figure out who's who and being like, all right, like stand next to your description. Okay, so obviously the dog thing. No offense. That has to be you. (laughs) No offense, you do have like, a weird dog with eats weird food. <laughs> that eats a raw do, diet that you, you prepare for it. You do make better food for your dog than you make for yourself. You would admit that. We're all admitting that. You talk about it a lot. It is annoying. That's <laughs> you. So you stand there, and at least we found out yours could be worse. And then it's like having to like walk around the rest of the office and be like, so who do you think you are? Yeah. Of this, where do you see a little a little sliver of yourself on here? Who among us wears natural deodorant and doesn't know that it's not working? <laughs> Who could? And I'm it not be? trying to point fingers, but is it? God, it's one of you three, huh? Right? <laughs> I, I thought you said, "Is it Gad?" Like Josh Gad? And I was like, "Why? Why bring? Look how he gets brought into it." He used to work at my. <laughs> is it my coworker <laughs> Josh Gad? <laughs> is yeah. it my coworker Josh Gad who uses natural deodorant and shouldn't anymore? <laughs> Um, um, I believe Dan, you have one more item. I, I do have one more item. This is a this is a niche one, but I just feel like it is a very unique experience. Uh, the the idea of a LAN party. This it, it's been kind of gone for a long time because like the internet it exists more traditionally. But like back when I was like in high school and middle school, if you wanted to play games in the same room with your friends, you had to all bring a computer into the same room and connect to the same network and you could basically just sit and like all play the same game this is like before like multiplayer gaming was where it is now so it's like if kids wanted to play a game together my friend would take his old desktop computer and put it into 
uh, like a little crate and he would walk it across town to come sit at our house because he like couldn't get a ride. So Whoa. he would just he would just walk this old computer. I'm gonna find a a picture of this because the reason I included it. I've looked at some images and they are absolutely buck wild. They it feels like stepping into like a time machine. It's just it's a very specific time and place, like when technology was like just kind of barely bursting into our lives and some of the images it created are just incredible here i'm throwing one in our chat the one mike posted is so weird (laughs) the kid with the duct tape (laughs) why do that you got counter-strike you got your warcraft 3 the frozen throne that was the that was the big one for me and my friends you play some dota or something like that and we were like Dota. Yeah, we were like twelve or thirteen. So it was like all very it was all very pure where it was just like a bunch of kids wanting to hang out and like you had a living room and not much you didn't have cars, you didn't have money. Uh what you had was like your dad's old desktop computer that's been sitting in the basement, so you'd haul it across town and go play uh eleven hours of video games with your friends. It is so endearing. Like just that picture you sent is like it's such an endearing like Video games can be an independent sport. You don't really need someone else there to be playing it. So it's this idea of like, hey, I really like it. It's just like, hey, I really want to spend time with you yeah. doing the things we both love. And it was, if that's okay. It's so funny to me because it's like, it is more work than it is worth on paper, right? Where you're like, okay, we're all going to haul these, like, because computers were massive. So it's like, <laughs> we're all going to haul these giant computers, like, in our cars, or we're going to walk them, and we're going to, like, put them all in a living room, find power outlets for all of them, connect to, like, your parents' bad 2004 Wi-Fi, um, have internet problems for about an hour and a half, uh, finally maybe play, like, one game, and then someone's computer will... It's just, like, it's chaos, but, but it was so much fun to do. And just, like, all the, like, if you look at these old pictures, it's just, like, those gross old, like, energy drinks and stuff yeah. everywhere. It's just such a visceral throwback for me. And I think being able to share that with the aliens would potentially cause them to spare me. <laughs> they, th- they, go, they go, wait, this guy fucking rocks. We can't do anything to him. This dude fucks. Yeah. This dude fucks. This dude, yeah, this dude has been to a lot of land parties. We gotta, like, bring him to where we are. I, I haven't really thought the whole... We're always trying to play games together. They go, we've always we wanted to play games together. It it's the one what thing. What the heck are you doing? Oh, my God. You know, these days oh people God, are always boys. looking at their dang phones. Aliens <laughs> think that, too. Um, and so they... <laughs> they're, 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 aliens get to Earth and they're immediately like, what is going on with the TikTok? <laughs> they, they're just like so mad at kids. They're so, they're so mom. They're like very much like mom of a 16 year old being like okay can we at dinner just have a little bit of facetime no huh? screens no screens at the table yeah, your My screen time for the day is up you watch your screen too much you're gonna go blind i have glasses and i didn't have a screen for half my life okay you're, you're gonna really ruin your eyes dan my favorite thing to say to my friends uh when they're on their phone at dinner or something no. is 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 to is to go hey there's a whole lot of life there's outside that little screen that little box and people fucking hate it I get so well, mad because nobody is ever on their phone as much as Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, put, I put mine away for five seconds, and I'm like, "Hey, why don't you look up every once in a while, smell the roses?" <laughs> if Caleb is disinterested in a conversation with a hangout of four people, he will pull out his phone and be like, "I won't interrupt. I'll just or I'll casually leave. scroll." <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I leave, which is nice of me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was, especially when people were first getting phones, if you were one of the last people to get a smartphone, there would just be those moments where someone would be like, uh, hey, could everyone like just get off, just not, not, and just, hey guys, I'm just wondering if maybe we could have a good time instead of the phone. Hey guys, I'm noticing that the landscape of our lives is changing. Um, (laughs) could it not? Could it not please? And not leave me behind at least if it's going to. Yeah. Dan, uh, I think this is an incredible addition. I think aliens would love it, and I also think, uh, hey, I'm gonna speak freely because this is, uh, you know, this is I'm uh, a host of this podcast, and I get to part of the contract is that I get to speak my mind. I think you've put together an incredible record, and I think the aliens would love you and would love us because of it. I actually think that too. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Shall we? Shall we please don't speak your mind? Your contract doesn't have. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. We negotiated it. We negotiated it into my contract. Dan. Don't, please, don't, don't, please, Dan. I thought this was between me, Caleb, and your guys' landlord. Um, (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And you'll get a contract soon from our landlord. He's involved. Cool, Um, cool. 
Dan, where can people buy your book? Where can people find you? Please tell them everything. Yeah, the book is called I Am Not a Wolf. It is about a wolf pretending to be a man uh, trying to work a shitty office job. Uh, you can buy it wherever books are sold. Uh, it's on IndieBound. You can find it at a local shop near you. If you don't have a local shop near you, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the big shops as well. Uh, there's also a great audiobook version out there. Uh, if if, you're, if audiobooks are your thing, they found... Do you do it? Yeah, who did the audio? I, I did not do it. This great voice actor, uh, Jay Austin, did it. Uh, he uh, just, like... Joel Austin. Joel, Joel Olstein did the book. Yeah. And it's, Very cool. It is a little bit of egg on my face now, but uh, <laughs> but I just I really I fought for him, and you know once you like you know are willing to die on a hill, you got to die on it. Um, no good deed yeah. goes unpunished. <laughs> um, but yeah, the audiobook is great. Jay did like a really incredible job with it. it it's he it just does like different uh, like voices for all the characters. It's a it's a really good time. Um, and so you can find it either on audiobook or on the big shops, IndieBound, wherever. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at it's Dan Sheehan. And yeah, that's that that's my stuff. Thanks for being on, dude. Hell yeah. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for helping me uh, shoot some cool stuff into space. Absolutely, and we are going to do this. We're going to physically shoot these out tonight, so thank you for giving it to us. Oh, incredible. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. We would invite you to the launch, but... Um, just the Delta. I get it. Like, yeah, the Delta yeah. variant is yeah. <laughs> so it'll just the be us and like two or three hundred other people. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, all part, indoors. Part fifteen. Um. Okay. Hey, Headgum. Uh, keeping records. Heads. This has been keeping records with Caleb and Shelby. And um, what's up, you guys? You guys get on over there. Oh, Shelby. Um, they should review the podcast and tell a friend about it. Oh my God, guys. We're not trying to be like annoying about this, but review the podcast. Tell your friends. Every time to listen. we review them, we read them to each other and we just laugh and, and smile cry. And smile and smile. We love it. Please. Mike loves them. Mike loves Mike them. Mike can't get enough of them. Mike loves Comment them. Comment Mike in the reviews for once. Jesus. For once. And you guys, please tell your friends about the pod. And also, um, you know, message us. Tell us what things you want to include on your records and tell us what you guys are up to. We love you, record heads. And we will we'll make out with each of you in person eventually. You're being so earnest right now. It's alarming. <laughs> I thought it was, the, to me, the bit is that I was being earnest. That To me, that's funny. But I guess I'm, I'm now I'm kind of scared it's coming, now it's coming across like I'm just actually being sincere. Well, I guess sincere. that is the importance of being earnest. That's huh? the importance of being earnest. Okay, bye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Original.